it's one of those things that kind of pushes people out when there's only this sort of like one correct way to be a nurse. But I think also like we might be able to push back and say, actually, that's not the case. Like there's lots of ways to be a nurse. Hello, everyone. I'm Angela Rosa DiDonato. And I'm Marian Leary. And you're listening to Amplify Nursing, a Penn Nursing podcast supported by the Panola Fund for Innovation in Nursing. Amplify Nursing features nurses who are leading the way in science, policy, and innovation. Our guests defy stereotypes, define practice, and disrupt convention. We highlight the breadth and depth of nursing influence on society by amplifying nurses who are pushing boundaries and breaking down barriers to build a new paradigm. Today on Amplify Nursing, we talk with Dr. Jessica Dillard-Wright. Jessica began their academic career in women's studies, science, technology, and culture before transitioning into nursing. Currently an assistant professor at the University of Massachusetts Amherst, Elaine Marriott College of Nursing, Dr. Dillard Wright has a background in emergency critical care and midwifery. Jessica is an affiliate of the UMass ILAS Center for Personalized Health Monitoring, a 2023 Public Interest Technology Fellow, and was a 2021-22 Fellow for the UC Irvine Center for Nursing Philosophy. They also serve on the American Nurses Association Ethics Advisory Board. Their area of focus includes community-focused nursing and building just, equitable, and sustainable worlds. Today, we talk about the history of nursing and the need for nurses to push boundaries, engage in community-oriented care, and work together for a more just and equitable future for the profession. Jess, I have been wanting to have you on this podcast since literally before we started the podcast. And I am <laughs> so sorry that it took this long, but I am super excited that you are talking with us today because everyone needs to hear all the cool stuff that you're doing. Oh, thank you so much, Marion. It's a total delight and joy to be here. And I'm, you know, flattered that you would have me. <laughs> so um, we usually just have folks start off with telling us a little bit about how they got into nursing and what that path looked like for them. So um, I would love to hear what it looked like for you. Sure. I did not have a very especially direct path to nursing. I um, wasn't sure what I wanted to be when I grow, grew up. My mom is a nurse and my dad is a physician. My grandmother is also a nurse or was also a nurse. And for a long time, I thought maybe I would be a physician. I can remember reading a book by Katherine Patterson called Jacob Have I Loved when I was about 11 or 12. And in that book, the main character goes on to become a midwife. Um, and that was the first time I can remember what a midwife was. And so then from that sort of time forward, there was sort of this little nugget planted in my mind about um, maybe midwifery would be a path that I would take one day. Um, so I, I went to Georgia Tech for college um, where I studied science, technology, and culture and uh, like kind of women and gender studies and kind of left behind the idea that I was going to go into the health professions altogether. Um, I took kind of a real deep turn into the humanities and even went on to get my master's in uh, hist women's history at Sarah Lawrence College. And so I... So I have this bachelor's degree and master's degree in fields completely outside of nursing. Um, and then not long after I finished at Thera Lawrence, I kind of 
felt pulled and and I'm like I'm not one for like the calling discourse right like I don't I don't really love this idea that um you, you can only you know like nursing is a uh a, a calling or whatever because I think there's some problematic traps that we fall into with stuff like that um but I really found myself wanting to go into a kind of work that made us like palpable and substantive impact in the world around me um and so just kind of by happenstance, my my spouse and I had moved to Augusta, Georgia, and um, there was a kind of new master's entry nurse uh, entry program, master's entry to nursing program at, uh, it was called Medical College of Georgia then, it's not called that anymore, but, and so I, it, like the kind of timing just lined up when my, my oldest was one, I went to nursing school, and from there I spent time, um, and when I went to nursing school, I really like, I, I was like, I am going to be a midwife. Um, that was the plan from the jump. And I had no idea that I was going to kind of be overtaken by a, a love for high acuity nursing. Um, and so instead of going to midwifery school right away, like my plan sort of had me thinking I would do, I kind of fell into emergency nursing. Um, and then from there into shock trauma critical care so I worked at a level one trauma center in the emergency department in the shock trauma ICU for uh, six or seven years. And while I did go on to midwifery school and I have completed midwifery school, my path kind of took me in a different direction. And I ended up uh, starting my PhD studies in, in October of 2016 and, and graduating in December of 2020 with my PhD in nursing. My like doctoral studies in nursing kind of brought it all together where I was looking at, um, I was using historical methods to look at the way that a, this particular organization enacted feminist activism in nursing and beyond the organizations called Cassandra Radical Feminist Nurses Network. Um, I'm happy to talk about that with anyone who wants to hear about it. Email me, I will do it. And so from there, I've really kind of been thinking and working on ideas where um, the sort of at the intersection of where um, history and philosophy meet and thinking in particular about the way that politics and activism get taken up or not by nursing. So um, yeah, that's like the, I guess, quick and dirty, how I came to nursing and where I am now. So you've mentioned like a number of things I'd love to delve more deeply into, but I love, so my path to nursing was not a straight one either. And I absolutely never thought of it as a calling. I'd love to hear more about what you, like your thoughts on a couple things, why it's so important, or if you think it's important for nurses to have other backgrounds and other experiences that they can then use multiple different lenses in their work. Cause I do, I think you know, it makes you just a richer clinician and practitioner and educator if you have other educational backgrounds and experiences. But then also what you see as the problematic aspects of thinking of nursing as a calling. Yeah, I mean, there are two different things, but I think they're also related um, in, in some respects, which maybe I can kind of tie up. I do think it's incredibly valuable for nursing to have folks coming to the discipline with a multitude of different backgrounds. I, at my previous institution, I taught primarily in a master's entry program. So we were having people with bachelor's degrees in all kinds of fields from music education to entomology to uh, gender studies, you name it. 
And what I think is so helpful and, and, and instructive about this is you have a different view of the world than maybe uh, if you've only had an education in nursing itself. And that's not to say there's not so much valuable knowledge or there totally is. But when you have uh, training in these other areas, you're bringing that with you. And sometimes I think that you can kind of triangulate the perspective and see things just a little bit differently to push the discipline in ways that that it, it kind of needs. So I love nursing and I, I want, I feel like I always need to like preface anytime I'm saying something critical or I'm offering some critique of nursing that I, that I, I do truly have like a, um, an, both a, like an academic and a, and a professional home in nursing, but I didn't learn the tools that helped me most from nursing. And in fact, I see some things about nursing that would actively inhibit people from learning and, and thinking about it this way. Can you elaborate what you mean by the tools that you learned or didn't learn in nursing? Yeah, sure. So, so, you know, I mentioned that I feel like it's kind of a problem that we see nursing as a calling and that has to do with the way that we socialize people into nursing as sort of a, um, this totalizing project, right? Where like we have these kind of rigid expectations and you either conform to them or you don't. And like nursing school is part of this process. We su- we see it, right? Like we weed people out all the time and we say it's for one reason, right? Like there's this way in which, okay, well, this is professionalism. This is being civil. This is doing nursing correctly. But if we take like a half click in a different direction, we might ask ourselves, well, why do we need to be so rigid about, you know, whether your, you know, cap is starched or, if you're, you know, three minutes late because your babysitter didn't get to the house on time, do you really need to be sent home from clinicals that day, right? And so what I think is that um, where we might be kind of socialized to accept conditions as they are in nursing as a sort of foregone conclusion, especially when we are educated almost primarily in nursing, I think when you come from a different kind of background, you might be more inclined to ask questions like, why is this so necessary? And I, I think that that's not always easy. I think that there, and I think there's lots of reasons for that. Uh, it's not always easy for uh, a discipline like nursing, which is still in the sort of um, maturation process to accept those questions at the boundaries, right? And so it can be hard for people who who do have those kinds of questions. And in I think in sometimes it's it's one of those things that kind of pushes people out when there's only this sort of like one correct way to be a nurse. But I think also like we might be able to push back and say, actually, that's not the case. Like there's lots of ways to be a nurse and nurses look all kind of different ways and nursing practice looks all kind of different ways. So you mentioned pushing the discipline in ways that it needs. Where do you see the nursing profession needing to be pushed and how? Yeah, I think that's a really great question. And I think that some of this is really like rooted in my own personal like philosophy of nursing and um, kind of orientation toward what could be. And I know that not not everyone who's listening or who has ever heard me talk or has read my papers or whatever will agree with like what I think nursing needs. And that's okay. I think that nursing needs some deep reflection on its own history to 
really interrogate the ways that we have used the cover of care and being a caring profession, being most trusted as a sort of um, deflection from responsibility, from accountability for some of the harms that we've done as a discipline, right? So, so the ways that we have upheld like white cis heteropatriarchy and the way that nursing has been complicit in some of the harms that people ex- in the harms that people experience in care settings. At the same time, I think that we also need to find ways to be collective in a really broad and transversal kind of way. I think the pandemic has shown us just how uh, precarious things are when we pull the curtain back just a little bit. And in spite of the fact that we're pushed to go back to, to normal, like we're never going to have the conditions that pre that existed before the pandemic, right? Like we've, we've, we've seen the precarity and it has not really changed. Um, and so recognizing that and recognizing the collective power in 5 million nurses across the U S and 27 million nurses and midwives around the world, like that's a pretty powerful possibility if we, if we can kind of come together and connect and then, right, if we think about the fact that nurses and midwives are parts of, are, are, they're not just part of community, they are community, right? We're in community with, with, with the folks for whom we care. Um, there's this sort of like radical potential. And so w- without like catastrophizing, right, I think we also need to be attentive to the ways that our current realities are kind of falling apart, right? Like we could look at the flooding in New York City this week as an indicator of just how serious the climate crisis, the human-driven climate crisis has become. We can look at the fact that tomorrow will be a record-breaking hot weather here in Massachusetts. It'll be 80 degrees here tomorrow. It's supposed to be 80 degrees tomorrow. And while that doesn't necessarily in and of itself have uh, like uh, any kind of um, cataclysmic implications, it does point to major shifts in 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 our our reality. So so what are we going to do as things kind of start coming apart? We can imagine futures that we could build collectively and collaboratively together. And I, I think it's important that we start thinking with a really clear assessment of of the lay of the land, right? The way things are doesn't work for everybody, and it never has. So as things fall apart for many of us, we are in a position to think about how we might build futures, what future there might be for us together in ways that is collaborative, generative, just, and equitable. So I wanted to tie this back to the work you did for your PhD and also the work you're doing now, because I think this this relates and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the work that you are looking at really plays into what you're talking about in terms of where the profession needs to go, but you need to understand where it came from first. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's it. Right. Is that, um, I think we have this, I'm on like a one person Florence Nightingale resistor in some respects. Right. Which is not to say I don't have some kind of, respect for what Florence Nightingale managed, but like, if we could please dispense with that being the end all be all of nursing history, I think that would be great. I 
think we really need to understand more about where we came from, both in terms of like the harms we have engaged with as a imperial power, essentially, right? Because that's, you know, a major contribution of nursing around the world is this sort of colonial sanitation arm of, of, of empire. But also, like, we have had these incredibly transformative and radical moments in our history, right? We could look to Emma Goldman, who learned nursing in prison, right? And then went around using her nursing, like, earnings, right? So she was supporting her herself with nursing while she was doing her most important political theorizing. We might also think about, like... The role that nurses and community health workers played in various parts of um, the social movements of the 60s and 70s, right? So we could think about the ways in which nurses were or were not engaged in women's liberation, in um, the civil rights movement, in in gay liberation, right? And and when we look at those things, we find that there were nurses there, and there were nurses actually doing quite important things we might simply look to the like American Nurses Association Code of Ethics and we find that not only does nursing purportedly believe that health is a human right, it also believes that health care is a human right, which then suddenly kind of gets us out of this mire of apolitical kind of uh, like, prof- pr- quote, professional neutrality, right? To be thinking about our work as political work, work that has implications for for transforming individual lives absolutely but also for moving the needle on important like the important social issues of our time which include things like the climate crisis but also you know the the sort of provisions of 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 gender affirming healthcare for trans folks for the sort of encroachment of the american government on reproductive rights i mean we can go on and on and on here right and I, I see a role for nursing in all of it because we have already been there, right? That's the thing. It's like, we can pretend like nursing has, uh, and, and I think nursing does. I think there's some some interesting and complicated reasons for assuming the stance of political neutrality. Uh, but the, the fact of the matter is, is that nurses have been parts of social movements from the beginning. I mean, and we see it even with, with COVID, we see nurses on the, 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 the front lines of communicating important things about COVID. We also see nurses sort of spewing um, misinformation as well. So I hundred percent agree with you that nurses have a role to play in all of these areas. I guess I'm wondering, what do you think their specific roles should be? I mean, I am a big proponent of nurses engaging in advocacy and activism and civic engagement. Is that where you see nurses playing a role or is there other ways that you think nurses should be engaging in this space? I think nurses belong in every space, right? Like I don't actually don't think it can be, I can be prescriptive about it necessarily, but certainly I see nurses like, like I think what Corey Bush and Lauren Underwood are doing is like part of nursing's work, right? It, it's absolutely appropriate to be thinking about interventions at the like local state federal international levels and i think wherever you're wherever like i don't think every nurse is inclined towards political office for example and that's okay but i think wherever your sort of strengths lead you is is certainly a a great place to be and 
you know, we have a, a particular responsibility, I think, insofar as we're understood by the public, at least according to Gallup, as the most trusted profession, right? So, so I, I think, well, I think that's complicated and, and, and weird a little bit. I also think that it means that we have to do something with that. We can't just like sit on it. It doesn't mean anything if we, if we just, you know, kind of like uh, luxuriate in the limelight or whatever. Yeah, I, I, 100% agree with you. I think we have a responsibility as the quote unquote most trusted profession for however many years in a row now to take what we do to the next level and really push the boundaries of what it means to be nurses, both in the hospital setting, but out in the community and in the world. So couldn't agree more. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think that that you put um, you pointed to something really important here and, and that I think I was trying to, to get at, but I'm not sure I made explicit. So I'll do so now. And that is that, like, even if your area of like talent and expertise is at the bedside, that does not mean that you don't have a role to play in 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 kind of pushing and building a more just and equitable world. That means like organizing in your workplace. That means becoming part of shared governance. And like if shared governance is sort of a a facade in your facility, like maybe that's one of the things that you do, you kind of rest it back to make sure that nursing voices are heard in these important things that happen in hospital settings, right? So th- th- there's there's sort of space for this all along the way. And again, like as I think we both feel, right, if we're most trusted, well, then we have to do something to make sure that we, we deserve that kind of title. Yeah, uh, totally. Where do you, where would you like to see the profession move to in the future? Like you have on your bio the collective future for nursing. Where do you see the collective future of nursing moving? Or where would you like to see the collective future of nursing moving? Yeah, I I um I would love to see care moving out of commodified healthcare spaces and into community spaces, right? This is not actually even necessarily all that like innovative insofar as we've been in places like this before, right? We could bring back things like parish nursing and neighborhood nursing, having, you know, access to care at libraries and things like that. I would like to see people getting the care that they need irrespective of their ability to pay. And I, I think that, uh, I, I certainly think that nursing has a role to play in advocating for that for, for, for people in the United States. I think it's, 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 <sighs> I can't believe that people, you know, like go bankrupt from trying to get better from cancer, for example, just, you know, to name one. And I think that, while I don't have any like hard and fast answers, what I do know is that working collaboratively and collectively with communities and with other nurses, and I would construct nurse broadly here, right? So we're including our LPN and CNA uh, siblings, and we're also including informal caregivers who may not have ever gone to nursing school, but do the work of nursing. So what does it look like, you know, um, when we start thinking about what people really need and not just what the market bears out. So 
while I, I, I don't have a super definitive vision of what what comes next, I have thoughts about how we get there. And those thoughts include community and kinship and mutual aid and sort of doing it together, right? Building it together. And because it's together, I can't be the only one to say, right? That's 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 where the the sort of indeterminacy comes from. It's, it's it part primarily because if we do it together, then I can't, I can't be the only one that says um, this is what it should be. Yeah, we're a collective voice. We need to use our collective voice, like you said, five million of us. Can you imagine what five million nurses could do if collectively? we use our voice yeah five five million is a lot it's a lot it's a lot lot. yeah well jess i really appreciate you taking time to talk with us today is there anything else you want to mention while we're while we're on um no i i really appreciate it marion um appreciate you having me today and um i don't know i appreciate your being in community with you and your 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 camaraderie and friendship. I feel the same way. I learn so much from you every time I am in your presence, Jess. So thank you for all the work that you were doing to push this profession forward and to push the profession to be better. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I don't know if it comes through. My dog is barking. I'm sorry <laughs> about that. dog is barking. I love that, though. <laughs> that, that's staying in. <laughs> I too appreciate um, learning with and from you. And um, I appreciate this particular act of uh, like community engagement that, that, that you have sort of invested in with Amplify Nursing. I think it's a really important way to kind of ensure that folks are connected and it's a, you know, potential for building communities. And I, I just marvel at all you do. Oh, thank you. And right back at you. And it is always a pleasure. Thanks, Marian. Hello, Angela. Hello, Marian. How are you? I am swell. How are you doing? I'm amazing. Cool. I just listened to your episode with Jess. It was phenomenal. Can I tell you, Jess is one of my most favorite people ever. And so... To actually get to interview her for the podcast and talk to her and learn from her. I am continually learning from her, but to be able to learn from her, even just through our short conversation, uh, was a podcast highlight for me. Isn't it fun when you get to do those kind of interviews? It really is. And, you know, I am so fortunate. I have so many amazing friends and colleagues doing so many amazing things. And, um, you know, I I know what Jess is doing, but to hear her describe it in the way that she was describing her work and her views on things um, was really, um, was really good to hear. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think that I really, really appreciated her lens of looking at the history of nursing, because it's not something that we do. I think in general, um, it's we have a very bland uh, history that we we sort of impart. She kind of noted it's Florence Nightingale, and that's pretty much it. And 
there is so much more in the history of nursing. And when you take a look at how we nursing, how we nursing as a profession has fit into the history of our country, of other countries. Also, you really start to see how policy is impacted. So it all kind of flows together. And um, it, it sort of reminded me of one of my favorite interviews that I did with Julie Fairman, who, who talked about the importance of really looking at the profession of nursing and the history of our profession. For sure. And look, there are some hard truths the profession has to reckon with. And Jess says it, like, not everybody's going to like, not everyone is going to agree with her views on um, how the profession should change and grow and learn from these things. But we all need to hear them, understand them, and then figure out how to learn and grow from them in whatever way is appropriate for the role that we're in. Right. And I think one of the really cool things that she talked about is, you know, when you were asking her about her vision for nursing, bringing things back to the community, there's the perfect, there's the perfect thing. You know, we tend to live in communities of people who are a lot like us or share the same ideas or the same culture or things like that there's a perfect opportunity to make nursing what it is or what it needs to be for the community that you're living in. Yeah, totally agree. So true. Amplify Nursing is hosted by Dr. Angela Rosa DiDonato and Marion Leary and produced by the University of Pennsylvania School of Nursing. With special thanks to Jonathan Zhu for his assistance. Music for the podcast was created by Harper Leary. The podcast is made possible by the Krista and Rich Panola Fund for innovation in nursing. Follow us on Twitter at Penn Nursing. Until next time, keep pushing over, under, around, and through. We want to thank you for listening to the Amplify Nursing podcast and remind you to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you enjoy your podcast listening. And if you can do us a solid, please rate and review us as well. It will go a long way in amplifying our episodes.